Welcome to Queensway Pentecostal Church, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope you are blessed and inspired by today's message. Well, here we are. So let's jump into this passage. Uh, We've got so much to learn, and I really hope that you're ready for a journey today. Our scripture today comes from John chapter 13, 1 verse 25. So let's read it together. Maybe you've got a Bible in front of you. Maybe you have uh, a smartphone or tablet that is not playing this video that you can uh, look up the scripture. And uh, let's look at it together. It says this from John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Verse 8, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Church, our first point for today is this. His hour had come. His hour had come. Verse 1 to 3 give us a framework for this moment that we're speaking of. Jesus knew that his time had come. Jesus also knew that his work continues. We could argue that he was just getting started. In Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection, we learn that it's not the end. We learn that from the word. It's the beginning. It is, it's so significant. And you see, the time of Passover, while where this is all taking place, is significant. Jesus, just like Passover was for these Jewish people at the time, Jesus is our great deliverer. Did you know that Jesus is our great deliverer? We think a lot about deliverance these days. Deliver me from my house. Deliver me from my crazy family. Deliver me from all this craziness around me. We need deliverance. I think you would agree. You see, these scriptures remind us that Jesus is the great deliverer. He is the great deliverer. Jesus reminds us in these scriptures that we must always stand up to evil. In our text, we see that Jesus faces the devil. 
just as we must face the evil of today. We must stand and rise up against what the enemy has pushed our way. We know from John 6 verse 44 that the devil is the father of lies. He can't do anything but speak from his own character, which is full of lies. In our text, uh, the author instructs, as we see in verse 3, that in fact, Jesus is not acting as an ordinary person. He is the son of God. That's what we see in this text. The entire kingdom of God has been given to Jesus. Even within this moment, we sense the significance that within this 24-hour period, Jesus, who is God in flesh, will give himself for you and for me. Because of his great love for us. Do you know that Christ's love for us doesn't end? Did you know that today? Jesus hasn't finished loving you. Jesus loves us until the end. One definition of Christ's love for us would be this. To the, Christ's love is to the fullest extent, to the uttermost place is his love for us. Another commentator noted this. It says, It isn't so much that Jesus' love is different, but the dynamic of the love relationship is different. The love of Jesus for his own is greater because it has a response. And love answers to love. Remember, Jesus comes from God the Father. That's where Jesus comes from. All things have been given to him by the creator. We learn this from Genesis 1 Uh, chapter 1 verse 1 and from uh, John chapter 1 verse 1. Jesus is at the beginning. He's a part of that church. Jesus knows his identity in God. Yet he chooses to die because of God's love for people. Because of God's love for you and for me. That's why Christ chooses to die for us. Jesus, more than I could describe through words today, loves you so greatly. He loves you. You just, you're just so amazing. You are hugely significant to the King of Kings. Did you know that today? You are hugely significant to the King of Kings. He's the King who leaves his throne to become like us. That's what Jesus does in our lives. Not only does he become like us, he wants to know us, walk with us, talk with us, and minister to us, strengthen us, equip us, heal us. If you feel alone today, I have good news for you. The God of heaven has come down to be with us. That's what Jesus does for us. In your great time of need, the Lord Jesus is here for us. One of his promises is to never leave us or forsake us. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your greatest triumph and your greatest struggle. And he still chooses to love us unconditionally. That's what Jesus has done for you and for me. Our second uh, thought today, and we'll spend a lot of time here, is this. Jesus is the humblest king. Have you ever heard of the most powerful leader you could think of? The greatest superhero, the best of the best captains on your favorite sports team. You see, Jesus is about to begin his final days that lead to the most triumphant victory anyone has ever witnessed. And of course, anything that is to come. This moment in history where Jesus dies on the cross 
is the greatest and most significant thing to ever happen in our world. There, there's nothing that will ever top it until he comes back again. This week in my uh, social distancing, I found myself watching one or two superhero movies. One of my favorite superheroes is Captain America. He always comes through. He's, he's, you can always depend on him. He's, he's coming through in the clutch. You can always count on him. But church, you see, Jesus is our constant reminder that he is, Jesus is the humble servant. He is the greatest of the great. That's what Jesus is to us, for you and for me. That's what he represents. That's who he is. Even in his moment of the greatest struggle, even completely knowing his identity as the son of God, Jesus chooses you and me by sacrificing his own life for ours. That's what Jesus has done. He's sacrificed his own life for ours. As we read in verse 4, Jesus removes his outer garments and prepares to wash the feet of the disciples. His outer garment represents him removing a veil of sorts, I'll call it. A layer between him and us to show us how much is required of him. His love here demonstrates the vulnerability he has with his disciples in the moment. Excuse me. You see, when we are a child of God, we don't worry about identity because it is only found in Jesus. Church, I think you know this of me, especially anyone that comes here regularly, but our identity only comes from the Lord Jesus. We have identity issues in our world. They're multifaceted. They're multi-layered. I, I couldn't begin to explain them in a format like this. It would be hard for me to explain them. But we, what we know through scripture is that our identity comes from the person who is Jesus. He's the one that, that does everything for us, that pr provides everything and tells us everything we need to know about ourselves. You see, Jesus knows that he has authority. That's what we see in the scripture. He has authority. He, he knows his identity comes from God. He knows that he is going to be with God. One commentator wrote, knowing his past with God the Father and his future with God the Father, what else could he do but glorify him in the present? You see, washing of feet in the New Testament was only performed by slaves. When the master of a wealthy household returned from a journey, a slave would wash his feet. Certainly, uh, you can imagine this would be a disgusting and nasty process of washing feet that had journeyed for who knows how long, many miles, many, many kilometers. You see, washing the disciples' feet in this moment was significant. It was hugely significant. What Jesus was doing felt crazy to the disciples. He began the job of the lowest servant. Think about it. Jesus took the job of the lowest servant. One commentator wrote, Jesus completely gave himself to washing their feet. Look at how thorough he was in, his, in this work. First he rose from supper. Then Jesus laid aside his garments, which had to remind him of what waited in just a few hours. When he would be stripped of his garments and be crucified. Jesus then took a towel and girded himself. Finally, Jesus poured out water into a basin. If Jesus wanted to just display the image of a servant, he would have had a servant or one of the disciples do all this preparation work. 
He then would have quickly wiped a, a damp cloth on a few dirty feet and considered the job done. That would give the image of servanthood and loving leadership. But Jesus gave himself completely to his work. Think about that, church, just for a moment. Jesus gave himself completely to this work. Charles Spurgeon wrote this. He disrobed himself, though angels longed to cast the imperial purple about his shoulders. With all things in his hand, he yet took a towel and wiped the disciples' feet. Church, I want you to know today that this is the king of kings who is doing this. You see, Jesus, he is the head of every table he comes to. Can you imagine that with me? Jesus is the head of every single table he comes to. What a dramatic scene of washing the feet of the disciples. To mark the moment even more significantly, the disciples who Jesus was washing the feet of in this scripture had just previously entered, just moments ago, had entered this room arguing about who was the greatest. We find that in Luke ch uh, chapter 22, verse 23. You see, Jesus in one action illustrates to us true greatness. That's what he illustrates to us. It's not even close. Jesus is the greatest. That's what we learn and take from scripture. I want you to think of the actions of Jesus in this way. John uh, when we look at John chapter 13 and, and the verses 2 to 5, think of what Jesus is doing in, the, in this light. Jesus rose from supper, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus rose from his throne in heaven, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus laid aside his garments, taking off his covering. Jesus laid aside his glory, taking off his heavenly covering. Jesus took a towel and girded himself, being ready to work. Jesus took the form of a servant and came ready to work. Jesus poured water into a basin ready to be clean. Jesus poured out his blood to cleanse us from the guilt and penalty of sin. Jesus sat down again and after washing their feet, Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, the Father, after cleansing us. Think about that contrast. I, I hope you're starting to notice this theme today in the scripture. You see, Jesus always has us in mind. Did you know that today? Jesus always has us in mind. His plan for your life and for my life is restoration. That's what makes Easter upside down. He, he just wants to restore. He wants to take what is lost and, and find it. And, and for things to be found, what's been destroyed to be put back together. It's Jesus taking something that's broken, undeserving, worthless, unknown, and making it beautiful. Maybe if you feel like one of these things today. Maybe you feel broken or undeserving or worthless or unknown. Let me tell you something amazing today. Jesus is all about making all of this beautiful once again. What's broken and undeserving, worthless, and unknown Jesus will make beautiful again. You see, Jesus makes all things work together for good. All we need to do is to love him. Even in the midst of this foot washing experience and moment, Jesus clearly speaks to his disciples in the room, as well as to us to this day. If Jesus doesn't wash us, 
if we don't allow Jesus into our life to cleanse us from all of our sin, that's our way of rejecting him. That's our way of rejecting him. You see, Jesus doesn't literally wash our feet. Some people will be glad of this if you're scared of feet or whatever. But he did humbly die. Jesus did humbly die for us on the cross to cleanse us. And we must receive that truth. Jesus has died and risen again for you and for me. And that's the truth that we hold on to today. Our third point and uh, final one for today is this, follow him. When I think of follow him, I think of washing someone's feet. For me, this isn't literal, although in certain situations I've seen this be meaningful for some people. The reminder here for all of us is that we don't just point and judge the sin in one another's life. We learn from Jesus. What did he do? Well, Jesus simply cleanses us from all sin, period. That's it. He just cleanses us. He just makes us new. That's what he does for you and for me. This week we had uh, many warmer days, or relatively warmer. It was great. As we've been confined to our homes for the most part, some people have been able to get outside for walks, nature hikes, and different things like that. We also got snow this week. Even at this time of year, I can find beauty in a snowfall. Thankfully for us, it was just a dusting. (laughs) But I can still find the beauty in the snowfall. As I saw the snowfall, I was reminded again how Jesus washes away our sin. That's what he does for us. You see, the fresh blanket of snow reminds us that that's how Jesus sees us. Even though sin removes the purity from our lives, his death, Jesus' death and resurrection washes us clean. Just like the fresh snow that we see fall. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, Christ's way is very different. He says nothing but takes the basin and begins to wash away the stain. Do not judge and condemn, but seek the restoration and the improvement of the erring. I hope that you remember this today. Seek restoration. Seek right from wrong. Jesus washes away the stain of sin. Leave that for him. Let him do that cleansing process. You see, the, uh, see Jesus reminds us that the practice of serving pleases God and fulfills our calling. That's why we see Jesus as the humble servant. It helps us and reminds us of our calling, what he's calling us to. As all of you watching this know, we've never had a greater need than to fulfill this calling of serving one another. This week in our region, I've heard stories of different people going out of their way to support and serve one another. What a great gift this is to all of us. I encourage you today to do something for someone else. I encourage you today to do that. This will look different for all of us. Maybe it's doing some chores around the house so your spouse doesn't have to do it. Maybe that's what you can do today. Maybe it's meeting the need of a neighbor in need. Finally, I must reflect on Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus more. His sacrifice led his disciples to repentance. One of my favorite verses and passages comes from Romans chapter four, uh, chapter two, verse four, excuse me. It reminds us that the kindness of God is what leads us to repentance. 
the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Is there something greater than through kindness and serving one another in this difficult time? Is there something greater that we could do? My promise to you is that in these days, our church will do whatever we can to support our community. We can't do everything, but we can do, uh, we can certainly do something. I can't pay everyone's mortgage. Our church can't pay everyone's mortgage, but we can do something to help those around us. Some of you can't do everything, but you can do something for those around you, your neighbors, your friends, your family in these days. You can do something significant. I've heard many, many scriptures and songs to give us and myself hope in these recent days. I, I hope that the words I've shared with you today give you hope. I, that's my prayer is that you'd be uplifted and encouraged by this message. I'm hopeful today because of Christ in me. I know that Jesus is the greatest. Jesus is the hope of glory. He will get us through these days. I know I can't do it on my home uh, on my own, excuse me, so I lean on the Lord. When asked what we should do, Jesus spoke these words which are hugely significant, I believe to us today. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So let's pray today. Let's pray. So God, we thank you today for this opportunity. We thank you that despite what's going on, we can still gather in this way. God, we pray for those in authority over us, our elected officials, our prime minister and premier and our health leaders. We pray for doctors and nurses. Would you give them hope today, Lord? Would you fill them with wisdom and discernment, Lord? Would you protect them? Would your hands be upon them? And God, we pray right now that you would intervene in this situation. We know the physical ramifications of what's going on, but God, I believe that you can take this situation of pain and suffering and turn it into something good. So God, right now we pray, we believe that you are changing the circumstances around us. Lord, would a hedge of protection surround each person and home that's listening to this today? God, would your hand be upon us? Would you minister to us? Would you strengthen us? Would you guide us, we pray in Jesus' name? Everyone said, amen. So great to be with you in this way today. And we pray a blessing upon you. Would the hand of the Lord continue to be upon you? Join us here next week. We're going to try to make it better. We're going to do some more things to make this a better experience for everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Bless you and see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at qpcespanola.com.